Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com slash support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Mavis Beacon Teaches Typing. This is the (laughs) inaugural episode of our new edutainment category, a term coined by your brother on ARG Presents. Yeah. Um, Now, Aaron, I know that uh, you have some experience with the keyboard. Did you take typing in school? Absolutely, uh, Boaster. I am so old that I took my typing classes on an actual typewriter uh, back when I was in high school. We had a typing lab uh, back then, and so we all learned our typing uh, skills on an actual typewriter, complete with going in there and erasing your mistakes, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say we did sacrifice uh, words per minute for accuracy every time because the right. act of going back and erasing the characters off that paper w- was just the dirt worst, boat. Mm-hmm. Have you used yeah, a real we, typewriter uh, much in your lifetime? In my typing class in high school, they still also had typewriters. Really? Um, <laughs> I never took typing because I knew I came into school knowing how to type because I've had a computer since I was five years old. Um, I always pictured the people that were taking type were like the people that had to go to the speech lab, you know, a little bit impaired, if you will. So uh, I never took typing because I I ruled at it and I still continue to rule. Um, And uh, and so, yeah, but I never used a typewriter much um, because, like I said, I I always had a computer, but I've always been fascinated by them. I bought a typewriter when I was in fifth grade from a yard sale, and I typed up some uh, some articles that I was going to submit to the Hurricane Town Elementary School newspaper. Okay, so I was very I was very uh, proud of this. Do you know what I typed up, Aaron? I don't. I typed up some Mike Tyson's punch out codes. <laughs> I was like, what this is going to knock them dead. It's going to knock them dead. Well, <laughs> they published my uh, they published my my article. However, they retyped it on a computer and printed it out on their on their Daisy Wheel printer. I was heartbroken because I, I was looking forward to seeing, you know, that that classic typewriter font and everything. Yeah, it wasn't there. And so that was the end of me and the typewriter. You know, uh, I'm going going back to your comment about the dumb guys taking typing. I can tell you now I was in class with a few. There's always a few dumb guys in your class. Right. They're, they have they they permeate into every facet of high school. <laughs> And I can tell you right now that dumb guys or slack guys, they didn't get the job done in typing because mm. that was even typing was a little bit like band in a lot of ways. Sure. Like you had to practice a lot and you could tell instantly if you weren't practicing because you looked like a doofus and your your paper was all jacked up. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's all about the fundamentals, too. You know, you've got to put your hands in the right place and everything. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And when you and when you make a mistake, I mean, I can't stress that how difficult it was to fix. And keep in mind that we didn't have any liquid paper. We didn't have any. We didn't have nothing. You had the little corrective ribbon on the typewriter. Mm-hmm. Now these were pretty decent typewriters, but I mean, you got to consider they'd been through wave after wave of uh, jerky high school like weasels that yeah. have pounded on these things and thrown stuff on them and dump pop on them. They weren't in the best shape. And it would take forever to type stuff. And I remember, I distinctly remember, I, I much like yourself, I had a computer at the house. So I was already a pretty decent typist on my own. But I had been printing, I had been using word processors on the Coco for years, years mm-hmm. and years, by sure. the point I got to high school. And in fact, I would ha- had been turning in papers written and printed out at home with a printer for a long time. So, And don't get me wrong, the Coco wasn't what I would call a world-class, uh, I know Curtis will chime in here, but it wasn't a world-class uh, uh, you know, thing to do word processing on, especially for someone who didn't know what a word processor was like me, and I just got the only program I could find that would let me print lowercase letters on the Coco, which was a terminal program. So all my stuff was typed in a terminal program for years. 
Right. And, but it worked. It was a hell of a lot easier than typing it on a on a computer on a uh, on an actual uh, uh, typewriter. The funny thing is, when I started at IBM slash Amiga or slash Amiga, I wish <laughs> slash Lexmark in '93, they still had a typewriter line running, and they were still making tons of typewriters for a couple years there. So there were still people that were buying those old those uh. Like they were Selectric or whatever, whatever IBM yeah, was made. Yeah, the IBM Selectric. See, oh, so those were made in Lexington. Well, some were. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I don't know if they were made there in their entirety, but I know they were assembled there. I continued to use typewriters in school uh, all the way up through college. In fact, I typed my uh, my graduate school application on a typewriter because I couldn't figure out how to edit a PDF at that point in my life. I didn't have the I didn't have the right software. I love it. And, and so, uh, but, uh, and I actually, I purchased, you know, my, my grandma who's just, uh, turned 97 a couple months ago, still kicking, still sharp as a tack. She had an IBM Selectrix typewriter back in the day. And, uh, she always talked about how much she liked it. And I was like, you know, one year I'm going to get you, I didn't say this. I thought to myself, I'm going to get her one of these typewriters. So I went on eBay and I bought one and I presented it to her at her house. And she's like, what's this thing? I was like, this is like your typewriter. It's like the thing you like you always said that you wish you hadn't got rid of. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I did say that, didn't I? It never got used because she, she's on her iPhone. She can text and stuff, you know. Nobody's going to be using a clunky typewriter anymore. So yeah. that was a bad that was a bad mistake. That thing weighed a ton, too. Those those electric typewriters, they are not light machines. Granny wasn't into retro is what you're saying. No, no, you know, no, no. Along those lines, you know, my, my grandpa... My papa, my mama lived up Cabin Creek, as you know. Mm-hmm. Papa was the was the war hero, but back when they lived up Cabin Creek, they they were he worked for the mines for so long that they actually he was the guy that the mines sent out to go collect all the rents from all the people that were renting houses up and down the creek, which were there were tons because that mm-hmm. you know the mines owned all the property. Right, Company Town. Right, and so I was at Granny's one time, and well, what many times, and Granny had these huge old school adding machines sitting around. You ever use one of these things? The thing did it have the thing? It the, had the, the crank thing. And all it that had stuff? the paper roll. It had the big old buttons. This thing weighed it was like this thing was an anchor. I mean if it's mm. falling you'd kill you. It weighed a ton. <laughs> and that's what they used forever up Cabin Creek. I mean they were in my lifetime they were using these ancient adding machines to well, add up all these rents. You know, I'll tell you something about um about secretarial work is that when you have people on your staff that are efficient with certain kinds of equipment, you don't upgrade that equipment because yeah. all you're doing is you're killing productivity. It's just like at school. Our secretaries, they use a, a thing called Weavis, which is the back end for all the student information. And this thing looks like a terminal program. They call it the green screen because that's what it is. It's all text-based, you know, and they can fly through it. The the IT staff tried to introduce this new Weavis on the web using this thing called a mouse. They wanted nothing to do with that thing. They want the green <laughs> yeah. screen, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, you're right, and I'm the same way. And I've I've got friends, but computer people could get like that. Oh yeah, you get set mm-hmm. in your ways, and you just don't want to learn something else, or you're already good enough at one thing, you know. So, and it is neat to think that in my lifetime, I've fiddled with a adding machine from like probably the 20s. You know, and then I've also got access to the world's most sophisticated computers and phones, everything else. It's amazing right. how far it's came. You know, I mean, if you think about Cabin Creek and people collected rents up there, they had party phone lines up there. They had well water. They had outhouses, mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. Uh, so we're very, we, we've come along at a good time because people had a lot rougher yes. back in the day, Boat. I agree completely. All right, Aaron, speaking about having it rougher back in the day, Let's see what's going on over at everythingamiga.com. Boost transition boat. Thank you. <laughs> well, boat, <laughs> some sucker wrote something on here. Can you you want to have a look at this thing? Yeah. So, you know, I wrote up an article for Amiga Addict magazine, which apparently was a hit, sold thousands of copies based on my appearance alone, is what I've been told. <laughs> um, and uh, I asked Jonah, who is the uh, AKA Simulant, friend of the show, longtime supporter of the show, if I could uh, re uh, reproduce this article for our site. And he's like, yeah, man, go ahead. And so uh, I have uh, put this article up here. Uh, it is about Fury of the Furries, which is one of my favorite games that we've done in the almost 300 episodes that we've done of Amigos. Uh, I, I really, 
I really like this game. Um, it's 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 a platforming game that allows you to take on the role. It, it's sort of like if you had direct control over the lemmings. Is kind of the way that I feel about it. Um, it's uh, anyway. If you're into uh, Fury of the Furry or Furry of the Fury, oh boy, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> Fury of the Fur- Furries, and uh, you'd like to check out uh, my review of it. Uh, I give it a, a very high score. Spoilers. Uh, you can check that out over at everythingamiga.com, and uh, stay tuned because I've got more in the pipeline. More reviews coming. You know, I will say as I as I flip through this here, might. I see that you've got a, uh, and much like myself on, on, say, the second or third date, you got a grab factor here 95%. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know what that means in terms Listen, of game. Listen, man. But the grab factor? <laughs> what the hell is that? You you don't rate your games. What what would you give? Uh, what what would no, you give? Sort of Sodan in terms of grab factor. I don't think I'd score it. <laughs> what are we grabbing? The game ourselves? I don't even know. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I didn't want to give. I'm not a big fan of percentage score reviews, but uh, this what? is sort of the format of you Amiga can't... Addict, and so uh, when oh, they I when see. they told me to give it a grab factor score, I did. So he told you, instructed you, there's got to be a grab factor. He's like, if you're not grabbing it, don't bother reviewing it. <laughs> Very good, folks. You got to feel it in your hands. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> Let's talk about. Our YouTube channel, Aaron. Oh, man. Holy smokes. It's been popping and locking this week. Yes. Boaster. First of all, let's lead. And once again, here you are. Commander content. <laughs> you can't get rid of Where, me. Where's your cape, uh, my good sir? <laughs> Tell us about what the, what's going on here with the Boats Real Arcade Pro in Edition what stream or whatnot. Give us some background on this, Bo. Okay, so uh, I, I I customized my arcade stick. I got this arcade stick. It was on the recommendation of one Frodo NL, uh, who has the same stick. I, I bought one of these uh, these fancy fight sticks, and because uh, I wanted something better to play with on main. And, uh, and so, uh, it came and it was okay. I wasn't a big fan of the way that it looked. It looked sort of blah. And I discovered this, there's this whole community of people online that customize their sticks. And so I, I did that. We'll talk about that in a future video, but I wanted to celebrate by playing a whole bunch of arcade games with the new stick. And I will say, Aaron, uh, with the new octagonal gate that I put on, this uh-huh. thing is, it's by far the best joystick I've ever owned in my life. It sits in your lap. It's huge. Uh, the, the stick feels great. The buttons feel great. Um, and uh, so I played Arabian. Uh, I played Dig Dug. I played uh, Slap Fight. No, I didn't. That's Alcon. I played Bells and Whistles. Uh, I played Bomb Jack. So if you if you want if you want to play if you want to watch me play some classic arcade games with my new with my new fight stick, uh, tune in. It's a good time. Now, what was the munchability factor of the new stick? I know you like to nibble on these things. I haven't tasted it yet. I'm uh-huh. waiting for my sauce pack to come in. Maybe maybe the Chud can invite you on Tech Liquor. And that'd be a good special episode guest right appearance. There. Yeah, <laughs> that would be perfect for you. And let me one more quick item. What would you rate the grabability factor of the stick? Oh, it's grabbable. Oh, I'll man. tell you that right now. Man, that, that's a must-watch, everybody. Let's talk about uh, ARG presents a little show with a couple of big goofs on it. Myself and the Brent. And this week it was cunningly named Steering Wheel Games. Brent's pulled another one out of his hiney, uh, but. Uh, I think we picked a couple winners this week. Uh, your boy had a look at the good old ColecoVision Turbo boat. Yes. Complete yes. with the cool uh, system expansion 2, I believe, which was the uh, the uh, steering wheel with the little gas pedal. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if I've told you this or before, but I, I came very close to buying a cockpit turbo machine when i went to the arcade auction down in yeah, tennessee those are super sweet too boat I'm, they, I'm not, they look super cool yeah. i could not fit it in the trailer that i brought oh, it was so dude. massive i knew I you were a fan yeah but uh, yeah. and the clicko vision version hey don't sleep on it it's good to it go. looks great yeah boat, did you know there's an intellivision version of this no it's but i can see it ports. i can definitely see it i was surprised they got so few ports but i guess it's just when it was released but now let me ask you a question. The the yeah. ColecoVision stick because I haven't used it very often. That the the controller at the top you can't twist that right. You couldn't no, use that no, as a wheel. Okay. No, no, no. There's no, it, no okay. it's not that cool. Are you kidding me? In fact, it's <laughs> that controller is not cool at all. Uh, the Brent being the man Brent, that looks just like that place in Charleston as you're going over the Lee I, Street Bridge. Oh, are you mocking me for saying that? <laughs> 
No, actually, when you said that, I knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. So I'm with you 100%. So Brent went bananas. Of course, he picked again a headache. It didn't have a steering wheel, but a headache. He told he said anything would work. So mm-hmm. he picked this crazy game. I, I kid you not when I said never heard of this. It's yeah. called Hydra. And Hydra is one of the stupidest games I've ever seen. The backstory's stupid. The lead character's like a geeky Razor Ramon. And the missions are as dumb as they could be. But by God, this is a fun game. And uh, I'll get to give Brent the credit on this one. This one came out of nowhere. And it's a good time. And it's an Amiga port, uh, which I'll be sampling tonight on my stream. Uh, this will wow. be one of the first things I try because I can't wait to try it on the Amiga. But, yeah. So if you, if yeah, you're well, it, it's so funny because I thought exactly the same thing that you did. When I heard Hydra, I thought Hydro Thunder. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's that jet ski game. Yeah, that's what I thought. It is not. There is the so, crown jewels that just rolled by, <laughs> crown jewels of England. They float, by the way, in case <laughs> yeah. you ever wonder about that. So, yes, if you're into wacky, wacky, wacky stuff, check out Hydra and Turbo on on, on ARG this past week. Um, let's talk about a little something here, Boat. It's back. It's back. It's R. Sinclair, Boatster. That's right. And we picked a winner this week. Tell the folks. <laughs> so this week we played Rock and Wrestle. Uh, and, uh, this is one of the few, there's not a whole bunch of pro wrestling games available for the ZX spectrum. I would say that this is undoubtedly the deepest in terms of its, in terms of its move set. Uh, and, uh, and it, it's sort of polarizing. There are people that, that will defend this game and there are people that, that just absolutely hate it. So uh, no matter where you fall, you're sure to find an opinion between the two of us that you can agree with. Um, this is one of these games that, uh, you know, it, it got, it was ported to everything. There are some things that are better about the spectrum version than the other versions. Uh, but, uh, it was a lot of fun to talk about because everybody loves talking about, you know, pro wrestling games. And, um, and it was, it was slightly fun to play. I will say when I, and I mentioned this on the show, when I was a young man, the Commodore 64 version this on in America was called Bop and Wrestle. And it came mm-hmm. in this like flat, like an e, e, uh, EA style uh, folder type thing, you know. And on mm-hmm. the back of it, it had pictures of every move. And there were like 60 moves. And this is an era where there were, you got no moves. Right, <laughs> right. It was stunning. And, uh, I, I, but I was not very good at the game. But I will say I, I got much better at the Spectrum version. And uh, I think it's, it's for what it is. It's if you're a wrestling fan, it's it's as good as it's going to get for back in those mm-hmm. days. There's some depth, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Although the Spectre version is not by far not the best. Um, let's move down the line here. Uh, of course, there's a little video here of Boat playing today's uh, title. If you want to check that out, we're going to move into this one, Boat. This is a little thing we recorded a while back, asking amigos for this month. Yeah, Aaron, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if we should just shutter all of our other shows and only do Ask the Amigos full-time, okay. because it appears to be the most popular thing on the network. I can't figure this out. I <laughs> swear to you, I've talked to you about it. I don't know why people want to hear what we talk about, but by God. <laughs> they come for that face that you just made. That's what I've they got come faces for, for days, <laughs> and I'll make I'll make plenty more after talking to you. Look at this. It's like we're looking into our past with this yeah. kind of creepy boat. <laughs> but I don't know what we talked about on here. I never know. It's always wacky, that's for sure. Uh, but we had a good time with this one. I don't think there were any technical faux pas, so I think we got through it okay. Yes, but that's why we had a good time. If you straight up want to hear me and Boat... Just ramble on about weird questions for, uh, I don't know, an hour, you're in. This one went just over an hour. We've had some that went even longer than that. So we always have a good time with those. And uh, keep the questions coming for our Patreon and uh, uh, Discord folks. We always enjoy your wacky questions. So there you go. Absolutely. Speaking of wacky, boat, I know a guy, and he's as wacky as the day is long. His name's Rob Flack O'Hara, or Wack O'Hara, as I like to call him. And here he is taking a look at a, a little title you might have heard of called NBA Jam, Boat. Now, when you see NBA Jam, Aaron, what setting did you play the most of your NBA Jam in? It was probably, you know, I, I'm, it's a good question. I mean, honestly, I I like NBA Jam. A lot of my friends like it, but I don't really think about playing with my friends with it that much. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm probably just sitting at the pad you know, by myself playing it, I guess. What about you? Okay. 
I had the Super Nintendo version. I played that the most. I really like that version because they mapped the turbo to the shoulder buttons. Yeah. And so it made it real easy to access the turbo. Yeah. Uh, I played that probably the most. But I remember that they had this machine over at the Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Um, for, for a time. And I remember seeing it and playing it over there, too. Now, listen. Come for the NBA Jam. Stay for this incredible tale that the Flaxter belts out about this secret invitation-only mega arcade and the surprise surprise ending of this arcade. Ooh. This is a Trust me, the master storyteller is at work here as Flack lays down this awesome story about how he got invited to this secret arcade. And then he got invited to the warehouse that, would, that provided the arcade with games. This is a great story. So tune into this show. I was I was here live for this one. I loved it. Uh, come in and watch Rob play some NBA Jam, and then listen to this incredible tale, Boat. It's unbelievable. I don't want to spoil the secret ending, but so there you go. Um, let's roll on here to our good buddy. It's tea time with Tim from Pixel Gaiden, uh, and he's kicking the tires on his MSX. Now these things are pretty neat, Boat. The old MSX. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but, I love it's by it's my favorite classic computer design bar none. Yeah, my favorite. Look how slick that uh, presentation is there, boat. Looks good. Yeah, that, very nice bordering. MSX there. Cam, I like mm-hmm. that. By the way, the MSX that looks like a tight keyboard, if I may yeah. say. Um, it's grabbable. What happens? You know what often happens, but we've been down this road a few times. You've got your classic retro computer. You're ready to rock and roll. You've practiced the night before. It's good to go. And then when it's time to throw down, these things don't co- always cooperate. And sometimes, <laughs> but that's also part of the fun. So you can watch uh, Tim go to work on this thing. You get it up and running and play some interesting stuff. The MSS has some really cool games. Tim's got a great demeanor. Uh, and it's always joyous. He, he's always having a good time. So highly, highly suggest you check out uh, this offering from our buddy from Pixel Gaiden. And also, make sure you check out Pixel Gaiden. Great podcast. Um, okay, Boat, here it is. This is the video you referenced earlier. This is, look how fast you are, Boat. I know. I'm this a is machine. Boat going to work on this uh, Sega Astro City custom art mod. You, you were pleased with the overall result of this, Boat, right? Yeah, this is just, you know, I put this together yesterday. Um, I, I took my full stream. You can watch the full stream on Twitch. Uh, but, uh, this is, this is a highly, high. I'm, I'm basically running at 1000 X speed as I dismantle this thing and or half uh, the speed of a mortal man or yeah. double the speed. I should say, <laughs> look at you. It doesn't look like you're going a thousand times quicker than you normally would. It is. It is weird. But, uh, but at any rate, yeah, I talk about, you know, all the different steps that you take to open up. It's really not hard. It's really not hard at all, but people like to, you know, before they, before they undertake any sort of a project. They like to see if uh, there's anything on YouTube. And as far as I know, this is the only uh, uh, Real Arcade Pro in customization video uh, that that actually explains each step on YouTube. So if you are a fight stick uh, person, be sure and check that out. Very good, Boat. And Boat swears by this stick now. Very yes. good. Now, look at this, Boat. Another offering here on the old ZX. And this, one, this time around, the Herm... Is back at it again. Hermski uh, has put together a little something here. It's a video walkthrough of the game Peter Pan for the mm. Spectrum 1984. But are you familiar with the old Peter Pan game? I know that this, I, I think that this is a text adventure. I remember uh, Hermski saying something about that on the Discord, but I have not played Peter Pan. I like the idea of a walkthrough text adventure. And you've got the, uh, the, the subtle and beautiful tones of Hermski going through this. Look yeah. at that. Now, this is graphical with a... That's actually pretty good right there. Yeah, right? yeah. That screen. So, there's... Obviously, they've got some pictures intermingled in there with the text. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, which I like that. So, and Hermsky has really come up with some real oddball stuff that's great. And this is another one. He's thinking outside the box, Boat. Yeah, uh, It's is. good stuff. So, please, if you are an old uh, Specky fan, give this a shot. Peter Pan from 19. Boy, it looks like he's playing a Peter Pan the uh, the the leaderboard level there this with is, the way those graphics the, are being yeah, drawn in. If they made a mini golf course, that would be it. <laughs> Get them on TP. Um, our last offering uh, on YouTube this week, another fine fellow. It's Frodo NL. Frodo's yes. been going to work on the ColecoVision. I've caught so much of these, and they're always entertaining. 
And uh, this is Frodo sort of, I think this is where he fi finally finishes up uh, the uh, ColecoVision. I think this is also one where he does some, uh, he plays a little bit of, uh, I'm not sure, it's either this or this where he plays a little bit of homebrew. This looks like mainstream stuff here. Pitfall 2, uh, looks like Cubert's Cubes. Mm -hmm. uh, he's involved. Bo, you remember this one. Uh, what was this called? Oh, yeah. Is uh, uh, Jumping Jack? Is yeah, that right? No, that's a rabbit game. I know, because I, I, I remember this was on the Atari as well. Yeah. There's some some interesting offerings here. Uh, plus, uh, the dialogue uh, delivered by Frodo is only he can. And his mm -hmm. uh, he's always got a good chat going, too, Boat. So yeah, look at does. that. How fancy, eh? Very impressive. The ColecoVision, underrated. Yeah. Uh, uh, it one heck of a machine. Here he is. Uh, this is uh, Star Trek. I remember mm -hmm. playing that. This is Super Cobra. So yeah, I was I, I was actually watching because at the end of this, yeah, Frodo has oh, a, man. a great run at, at, at Turb or at uh, uh, Tapper. He's a good hand at a lot of these games. Well, I've is, never seen the Clica version of Tapper before. They've got the organ grinder up there. That's oh, it's awesome. A, it's, a, it's awesome. It's awesome. In fact, he had a, he had his best run ever uh, a while back on it. So if you're into the Clica vision. Uh, or just uh, want to sit back and enjoy a good stream, come over and check out Frodo. One more thing I want to talk about before we uh, move off of this is we don't we don't usually do this, but we're going to start. Is we're gonna, I just wanted to mention that we also have a, t a Twitch channel. Now, a lot of you are watching Twitch, but if you're listening at home, and you can hear that that's clearly Boat laying down some sick beats. So if you're <laughs> listening at home... Uh, please go over and check out our Twitch channel. There's a lot of stuff on here, isn't there, Boat? Including us right now. It's a yeah. Twitch. If if you want to watch the full versions of our shows, including if you think the ridiculous banter goes on way too long for the regular show, you ain't seen nothing until it's you've all, seen an Amigos Uncut show. It's all banter all the time. That's yeah, Twitch.tv forward slash Amigos Retro Gaming, all one word. Check us out. Uh, we do a lot of stuff over there, including some streams that you're not going to see on YouTube. So we would love to have you come over and give us a follow. We'd appreciate it. There you go, Boatster. That's what we All got. All right. Well, it's time to talk about this week's Amiga News. Summon the train. Amiga News. All right. All right, Aaron. We're going to kick things off this week with uh, this is a... Uh, a blog called the Amiga Gamer Blog, okay? The Amiga Guru Gamer Blog. It's a gamer's blog for gamers, Aaron. Yeah, I've been here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy has uh, has received the Great Guiana Sisters Special Edition. Now, uh, this is, the, you know, of course, uh, Guiana Sisters, one of the classic games for the 8-bit computers. It was what all the poor kids played when the real kids were playing Super Mario Brothers. Oh, my God. Um, but uh, people have a fondness for this game that, that no one can really explain. And uh, they continue to publish it in various and sundry editions. And this one, it looks to be the most fantastical wow. of them all. I do. I will say I really like that artwork a lot more than the artwork that originally came with the game, which was slightly disturbing. Um, so you can check this out. You can see everything that comes inside. And look at this. Uh, there's even an Amiga Gamer blog quote on the back of the box, so that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this is if you are a fan of this game, this is probably what you want. This is it's not going to get any better than the Guiana Sisters SE Special Edition. Aaron. Did you ever play the uh, uh, Great Guiana Sisters? I think it was called Twisted Dreams. No, uh, that was one that just came out not too long ago. Well, it was right? five or six years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm assuming that's the the art style they've borrowed but actually as much as you rag on uh Guiana sisters for the amiga twisted dreams actually is a real fun game and with a mm -hmm. clever twist uh me and the boy played it for quite a while and i liked it i think it's even had another one come on after that so they've at least take it's funny that you would take a franchise like the Guiana sisters and move it forward with success that pleases yeah. me it also pleases me that you've got this special edition you're good for these guys it looks good it looks, look at that. I mean, that's a and lot there's, of goodies. It doesn't look like there's a lot of useless crap in there. Like, you know what the, you know what I hate? It's this trend of coins coming with games, special collector coins. Like, what are you going to do with that coin? How are you going to display it? It's Laundry not like a mat. poster that, yeah. It's not like a poster that you can hang up on your wall or something like that. Like, just, just enough with the coins. Give you know, me the, the cloth mat. Those, Let's those be done. Those coins, they're not cheap to make, Boat. 
I, oh, I'm pretty the, sure they're cheap. Me and the Brent looked in to get some tokens made one time. Like they ain't go, they ain't coming cheap. You're uh, not brother. you're not searching in the right store on AliExpress. I can I turn that, you on. This was before that, that that site existed, so there may have been some change on the old coin yeah. making business. Very good though, Guinness. Go get this. If you can. All right, coming up next. Uh, I got a email from a guy that has opened up a new Commodore store here in the United States, Aaron. Yeah. This is Retro Rewind. Uh, okay. this, these, these guys are based out of the States, and they have all of the new hardware that you might want for your Amiga or your C64. They've got the uh, the Wi-Fi modem uh, cart. They've got the diagnostical harness thing that you can identify the troubles with your system. Uh, they've got the Amiga RGB to HDMI adapter. You know, pretty much all the stuff that you hear us go on about all the time, uh, they've got here. And if you scroll down to the bottom of the site, all the way down at the bottom, um, uh, let's see. I was checking to see if they had a uh, an address on there, but I, I can't remember exactly where they're from in the States. But uh, but definitely check them out because we need more people that are... Um, that are, uh, you know, based out of the States because, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this, Aaron, but stuff from Europe does not arrive here very quickly anymore. And it might not ever again. Did you look at so, the chat there that Di diamond master says they are based in Toronto, Canada, but there we go. Toronto, Canada. That's right. And it, it's sort I, of like this, being in America, but close. This is, yeah. Uh, I, I just looked up the email. He says we are North American based North of the border in Toronto and produce everything we sell in house. So yeah, uh, really? definitely. Interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah this so, looks like some good stuff. I'm going to be coming to check this out. Hey, we got Amigo in the lake and now we've got this. I, I like it, man. We need some of the sweet action. Beautiful. That, that's right. And, as an extra bonus treat, uh, Frank is the guy's name that, that owns this shop. He also runs an Amiga BBS, which is the next link in our news story. Oh, it's our kind of guy here. Yeah, so he runs, this is called the Hysteria BBS, Aaron. Uh, and he runs this off in, a, in an actual Amiga, still running to this day. So, uh, And uh, he's been very cordial. He says, if if, uh, if we see anything on the site we want to review, he'll send it our way. So thank you very much, Frank. Uh, we yeah, wish your, your, your shop all the best, and uh, maybe we'll come visit your BBS also. I will definitely visit the BBS because that looks, hey, I'm down. I love this. It sounds like my kind of guy here, Boat. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, our final news story today yeah, comes to us from this. the one and only Pixels at Dawn, who shared this on the uh, Discord server earlier this morning. Um, so, Aaron, you know, Norway is kind of become is, is kind of known as being the most Amiga-centric of all the Scandinavian countries. I think really? that, that that's, oh yeah, absolutely, for, from time immemorial. Uh -huh. But guess what? Those days are over. Sweden, Aaron, Sweden is popping off, okay? Right. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you why. Oh. Because this guy... This guy, his name is Pixel Shade, Aaron, and he yeah. is a Swede with a plan. He has developed a Commodore. Look what you're seeing right here. This is an A1200 running this demo. Look at that smoothness as it scrolls across the screen, Aaron. He is developing an A1200 version of Street Fighter 2, and it looks amazing. As you know, Street Fighter 2 didn't receive the best port in history on the Amiga. It and is. Uh, what this video talks about is why the port was not good and what the things that could have the things that could have made it better and just talking about how the Amiga works and why especially the Amiga 1200 could have easily delivered the best home conversion of Street Fighter 2 in existence and so what this guy is doing is he's recreating that you know step by step uh, this is a really really great video it's very dumb guy simple which I appreciate it doesn't go too deep in the weeds um, and uh, it it a ton of work went into this. I mean, a ton. Uh, this guy, Pixel Shade, if you are an Amiga fan at all, go to YouTube right now and subscribe to his channel because uh, he's doing great stuff, and uh, I hope that he puts out more content soon because it's quality. Is, is this is this, a, is this going to actually be something that gets released? I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's sort of, he, do, he doesn't really go into his long-term plans, but he shows you what he's done so far. Uh -huh. And I can't imagine that he would come this far and not want to finish it up in some respect. So he would be a legend if he could put that together, because I can tell you no one was happy with the, uh, three part of the Amiga. And then maybe after he's done with that, he could have a go at final fight, which was yeah. also a dud from Capcom. And if he wants to be King of the world boat, he can go have a go at Outrun, which would That's get right. him over. I'd say those are the three games that pop into my head that were such duds that uh, they would uh, they could use the good ones again. 
Very good. Good find, Boat. I'll have to check this guy out. I love it, man. All right, Aaron, that's going to wrap things up for this week in Amiga News. you want to show everybody the Twitch channel and talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, sure. What the heck? Let's go there. Uh, we do we do a lot of, again, pardon this noise, as you're going to hear. We do a lot of streaming on Twitch that never makes it to YouTube. You, you may have noticed that... Uh, we have noticed that we've got a lot of uh, videos popping up uh, on YouTube, and so we do, what we do is uh, well, a lot of the stuff we just never bring over. Uh, and like Boat said, a lot of it straight up uh, is just stuff that we that we made, and uh, uh, with and there's a lot of behind the scenes going on. If that's your bag, if you want to see me and Boat fight about stuff, or adjust <laughs> cameras, or uh, 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 figure out what in the hell we're going to talk about <laughs> volumes. Uh, Sometimes we just do streams. I, for example, I did a uh, an impromptu two-hour uh, Unamiga stream last night uh, for fun. Uh, I had a real good time, and I, I'll be doing another one another one tonight. Uh, so, but we stream on there all the time. Last week I did a Turbo Graphics 16. Pretty much I stream every Friday, so that's a good reason to come over. You can also watch uh, me and the Brent uh, tape our uh, ARG presents on, on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Twitch. That's always fun. We usually get a good crowd. So there's almost always something exciting going on on our Twitch channel, isn't there, Boog? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So check us out when you get a chance. Twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. You got it, my friend. We've put it off long enough, Aaron. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. It's it time, time to delve into the world of Mavis Beacon Teaches Typing. Oh, man. Well, we might as well go for it, Boat. I want to start out. The footage you're seeing here, if you're watching this video, is Boat. Uh, getting this thing up and running. And I will say, one of the things that I thought was hilarious is if you watch the beginning of this as it boots, yes, Skid Row cracked Mavis Peak. I don't know, something about that just amused me when it came up. It's a Skid Row joint, you know. Let's talk typing, Boat. Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Released in 1988 on the Amiga. Now, this had a release originally on the PC that was a year before. Uh, published by EA... And developed by an outfit called uh, Software Toolworks. They actually did a couple games on the Amiga, believe it or not. I was, didn't recognize their name. They did a game called Cribbage King and Gen King, right? Which I thought you were the Gen King, but you've been, yeah. your throne's been usurped. That's and then you've true. also got li uh, li Life and Death, another one of theirs, which I've never heard of either one of those boatsters. Just a little bit about the Roy uh, Mavis Beak was the biggest thing that ever came out of Software Toolworks. They actually got uh, bought out in 1994, uh, and they uh, well in March of '90 they acquired they were acquired by Mindscape, and then uh, or they excuse me they acquired Mindscape, and then '94 they were acquired by a place called Pearson for 500 million bucks, and then they were totally renamed hmm. Mindscape. So effectively, they became well, Mindscape, uh, which I thought was kind of yeah, neat. Yeah, it's interesting. I, the Pearson connection makes sense because I believe that they're a huge educational publisher. Really? So I didn't, I I didn't see even why heard they, of yeah. them. Good for you, Bo. Yeah. Way to jump in there. Uh, this was originally programmed by a guy named Nor Norm Worthington. The Amiga version was coded in by a guy named Scott A. Martin. And this will run pretty much on any, any Amiga you've got. Uh, Mavis got ported to everything. That's not true. It got ported to a lot of stuff. I mean, it had to have a keyboard. Uh, you've got uh, uh, the Apple II, which was one of the early ports. The C64, this one threw me off both. The old Atari 8-bit. I thought that was interesting. And I have it, never seen this on the Atari 8-bit. I was going to ask you if you tried crazy. it. You know, Now, it only got the first version, according to what I've read on Wiki and on, on their page. Uh, the right. Apple II GS got a port. The Atari ST, the Mac, uh, of course, Windows... Eventually got a port. Uh, the Palm OS had a port of this. Well, how's that going to work? Uh, and then, well, of course, I guess maybe you use that that graffiti handwriting tool. Maybe, maybe <laughs> so. I don't know. I'm glad you said that because that's what I. Was... Maybe they've got a speed graffiti thing. That's it. That's learn, it, man. Oh my God! Can you imagine trying to pull that off? No, thank <laughs> you. So, the story of this program is interesting. Before we get into the program itself, um, System Tool Works has basically had this thing. The original version was written by a guy named Charles Hayward, who was a program that lived in Berkeley. No surprise there. And it was written in, in DOS by the Wor Worthington fair fellow. And this thing was a pretty big hit. 
And early on, it supported the QWERTY keyboard and the old Dvorak. Did you ever use a keyboard with a Dvorak layout, Bo? No, I always assumed those people were freaks. <laughs> the funny thing is, I was reading that the they sort of got they sort of phased out the Dvorak keyboard. Good move. Oh no, wait, it, get, it gets better. Later on, like I think it was like 2011, they brought it back. So I guess people are still using those things. <laughs> You know, the only Dvorak I know is John C. Dvorak. That yeah. guy. So I don't know. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so, of course, the name of the game is Mavis Beacons. And Mavis Beacon, I was stunned to find out, was not a real person. I mean, this is, <laughs> I guess everyone knows this but me. Uh, but I was i was deeply disturbed when I found out there was no Mavis Beacon. I was like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was, a, it was a person that they made up uh, to represent a kindly typing teacher on the game. Uh, the uh, the way they got the name, have you heard of a artist, a singer called Mavis Staples Boat? Yeah, the Mavis Staples Sisters. Right. I looked up. I had, I didn't know the name, so I went to YouTube and looked up some stuff with Mavis Staples. That chick could go. Yeah. She Gospel. could go. I was a big, instantly a fan, mm -hmm. uh, man. And then uh, they got the last name as Beacon. It's in like a beacon of light to like help mm. you learn. Okay. You know. Sure. That's I where dig they it. got the name. Now, the the chick obviously on the front is not named <clears throat> the front of the box is not named Mavis Beacon, uh, because there is no Mavis Beacon. They went out and got a a model basically to to uh, play the role of Mavis Beacon in a photo shoot, uh, and they got a chick called. I'm gonna try to get her name right, Renee Lesperance. Uh, she was a girl from the uh, Caribbean. They, uh, one of the guys involved in the game was it was shopping in Beverly Hills when he saw her walking around, and mm. they're like, "Bam, there she is!" I mean, that's her. That's, Mavis that's our girl. Uh, yeah. So they they picked this model up, and then they went to work. They only paid her for like an afternoon or something of shoots, and then they just kept using the photos for like years, which also <laughs> that was funny. And eventually, <laughs> people lost track of this chick. She just went back to the Caribbean apparently, and then they, she was just gone. So, and they actually wow. got other. Nobody people. knows what happened to her. They they got other people just before uh uh you know they got other people to play Mavis Beacon later on so apparently you know that's kind of mm -hmm. weird I mean I don't know we put it off long enough boat let's talk about this goofy thing uh, and I'm gonna let since you're a teacher uh, and you have a great grasp of this sort of thing explain to us uh, and best you can your experiences here with Mavis Beacon teacher typing well this game is designed as a, um, you know, an, an, a, a systematic process of teaching you typing. So what you've got is you start out very easy with just a couple keys. You learn about the home keys, and you slowly work your way through these lessons. And the lessons take the form of basically a static screen where you're typing on words with a keyboard underneath you. Or you can play a game, and the game is that you're driving a car and the words appear on the screen, and whenever you type, the faster you type, the faster your car goes. Uh, when you make mistakes in the typing screen, you get a little doo -doo -doo kind of sound that tells you that you've made a mistake. When you make a mistake in the car driving game, uh, flies hit your windshield and obscure your view. Of course, that doesn't make any difference because you're not actually needing to look out your windshield, but that's just how they graphically represent it. So in this game, you have a bunch of different options. You can choose... Uh, whether you'd like to have, you know, single word or sentence practice, the uh, the amount of difficulty of the words that you're asked to type. Uh, you can change the uh, mistake sound if you want. You can change the victory sound if you want. Um, you can choose to play a game every time. Basically, all of the exercises can either be done in game form or on like static typewriter mode with the with your with the screen inside the screen, basically. Um, and uh, there's really not much more to talk about with this game. Um, it's it it gives you a bunch of ways that you can improve your typing when you complete a lesson. It tells you what your words per minute are. It saves your progress so you can track it. You can look at graphs where you can chart your progress. This would be an excellent tool for the classroom, and I'm sure it was used in the classroom because teachers could have students register accounts, and they could, uh, and the teachers could look at their progress and see if they're actually, you know, getting better or not, and they can see, you know, what they've done in class to make sure they're not just wasting time playing solitaire. So this is, um, you know, for what it is in my book, this is an okay game. Um, I 
before I give my my sort of my indictment of this game, Aaron, I I, I want to let you talk a little bit. Tell us tell us what 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 were your thoughts on Mavis speaking? Well, you know, I, I actually I, I was pretty impressed with this. I'd heard of, I think everyone's heard of Mavis speaking, but I'd never ever used it ever, uh, boat until until this past week. It's mm-hmm. funny we both loaded this up last weekend right after the show, and we're mm-hmm. chatting about how fast we could type, and then other people got in on the mix, so we sort of made a game out of it, all things considered. Uh, but as a as a, I logged into this as a, an intermediate typist, it lets you pick your whether you're a beginner or an experienced typist or someone in the middle, and it actually uh, is a pretty impressive bit of kit uh, in terms of uh, working with you. Uh, to understand the home, like I started at one point, I started completely from beginner to see what it was like, and it starts out by simply have teaching you the home keys, teaching you uh, your training your hands where to go uh, on these home keys and using them as a base, and then it expands outwards, and eventually it gets into stuff like using the shift key occasionally. Then you get into the numerical keys, uh, the special keys, using the shift. Uh, uh, key to do stuff and all the lessons are tailored to focus on a certain area and then occasionally they will mix it all together and they will appraise your performance and they'll give you a uh, your adjusted words per minute uh, they will also and there are also areas where they put, have like a cadence that comes up that will help you uh, that kind of tells you what how fast you should be typing it gives you sort of a cadence to go along with it which I liked Really, the the uh, the game aspect of it, uh, it's funny. We there were two versions of this on the Amiga, version one and version two. We played, we actually me and Boat played both, and we'll talk about version one in a minute. But we played version two because we were under these. We'd heard that there was, a, well, I'd heard there was a, t- a second game in here. Well, we didn't get the second game. All we get is a no. car racing game, and it's the same pretty much in both versions. With and and I want, exception. I want, I think we should talk a little bit about the quote unquote car racing game. Yeah. Because the way that they did this is not good. They could have made this a lot better if they would have put more game in the game. Okay, so what happens is basically you start out, there's a car beside you. As soon as you start typing, that car disappears. And what you are doing is you're just typing as fast as you can and you see your speedometer speed up as you work your way through the words, you know, depending on how fast you're typing and your time ticks down. What they should have done was either put more cars on the road. Now, I understand you don't want to make it too distracting, mm-hmm. but at this point, why even have why even bother having a game at all? Because there is no game here. Like, Or make it a top-down affair where you're seeing your, your little guy move around the track sort of like Super Sprint, and, uh, and you're typing, and the faster you type, the faster your car moves around the track, and you can kind of monitor that out of the corner of your eye. Or... Even if you can't, you could watch a playthrough at the end. You could watch yourself, you know, reign supreme over the other racers. The game part of this game is the worst part of the game. It's funny. I, I, well, I mean, you're. It's not good. All right, but I. I don't know if there was, there was a, uh, there was some sort of predetermined reason to not put anything that good in it. If you look at, the, I mean, I'm, oh, no, hear me Listen, out. guys, they're sitting around the table. We don't want to really put anything that no, good. No, I'm game. talking about arcade game-wise, because maybe they didn't want to uh, have a misperception of the game, uh, you know, people to think, okay, this is mostly a game. I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't know why it sure. sucks. I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But I'm looking at the bullet points. I found the box. It's funny, a lot of the places where I looked for the box or the Amiga version, they had the bullet points and stuff for the PC version, but I actually found someone on eBay that was selling the Amiga version, so it's got the Amiga bullet points. And one of the ones on the back it's got here is Road Racer Arcade Quality Typing Game. That's a lie, okay? It is not arcade quality. Not any arcade I'd want to go to. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> it's not an arcade I want to visit, that's it for all, sure. Listen to, this, listen to these bullet points, Boat, uh, before I'll get back to okay, Stunning... Fully detailed 2D and 3D graphics. All right. That's a bullet point. Stunning is the word that comes to mind. Lifelike keyboard and learning aids. What's that mean? Lifelike keyboard? What is that? Guide <laughs> hands. They go over about that. Musical tempo typing, which is that beat we talked about. Yeah. 20 colorful graphs. I like how they, they've really made this sound like it's a tour de force of multimedia uh, here. Now, get this, joystick or mouse control. I have to say, I didn't try controlling this with a joystick. 
No. Uh, so that I thought that was kind what of What would you control? I guess you would control the cursor that you're moving around. Yeah. So okay. Okay. It also mentions that it comes with a free resume writer, which I want to talk about that here in a minute. But getting back to the car game, I thought the car game was okay. Uh, uh the uh, uh you the when you play the game as you type words in that float across the screen, your car will speed up or slow down depending on your words per minute average and stuff and how many mistakes you make. And I thought it was fun. I mean, if I was a kid, that I would probably enjoy it. I mean, to me, it wasn't much different than any of the other parts. It was a little bit harder because the words are kind of cloudy, the weird looking, the way they have the font or whatever they use is kind of weird. But I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was no great shape. Well, here's the thing. This is going to be, if you're a kid, using a piece of software that does this is a lot more entertaining than like setting an egg timer and you typing and, you know, having to compute all that yeah. stuff by yourself. When this came out, this was sort of a novel thing for a computer to be able to automatically rate you. That's something that was, you know, kind of cool. And it still is, is kind of cool today. So. I, I was thinking because my kid can't type a lick. And uh, despite the fact that he grew up with a keyboard in his mouth, much like most kids do. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's the same thing with my middle school kids. They can't type at all, and it's because they don't type, because they don't need to, because everything is on their phone. They never need to type long form anything unless they're writing a paper. It's well, not like they. It's not like back in the day where you spent, like I spent my formative years in chat rooms or you know writing online journals and things like that. Like when you when you're typing an ICQ and and you know and you're you're trying to to hammer your point home because you're right and everybody else is wrong. You better get your words in quick. Yeah, you know I'm 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 going to use this actual version for the kid. I've already got it oh, set cool. up. I'm going to put them on it. Uh, and because here's my reasoning: his handwriting is horrible. Okay, mm-hmm. and while you may be able to communicate on the phone halfway decently, you're going to have to learn how to type. Because when you go to college, you just have to know. So he's going to learn to type. And I and I will say, I think this does a good job as a typing tutor. I think this is outstanding. Now, yeah, have I, I used a ton of typing tutors? Absolutely not. Okay, but this, I improved my typing skills or re-upped them a little bit just by using some of the lessons on here. Like, it will have, if you're a good typist, it can specify, you can, it will pick out your weaknesses when you type something in. It says, okay, you need to work on your symbols. You need to work on your numbers. You need to work on using the shift key, whatever it is. And you can actually, it will put together lessons that are built specifically for that problem. Yeah. Yeah. That part of the game, which again, the game is in quotation marks here, is very smart. I noticed the same thing. I wanted to ask you about the tempo exercises. Yeah. I couldn't quite figure those out. I figured as a musician that I would take to that immediately, but I, I couldn't figure out what was going on there. Well, as this, as like I said, the bullet points refer to that as the musical tempo typing with an orange screen metronome, which it does have. That I found that goofy too. I've never ever typed to a cadence. At the, yeah. I mean, you sometimes you'll build up some speed and you start. Feeling oh yeah. Like, but I mean, it's not like you're going like bucket a bucket a bucket. You know, typing like right. That. You're not playing paradiddles on the keyboard. Now, so I'm assuming that that is a technique to speed right. up your words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't, but I've personally never, I've never seen that done. Uh, yeah. So that maybe that's something exclusive to this program. I don't know. I, like I said, my knowledge of typing tutorials is low, so I can only go by playing these two games. Uh, but uh, I thought, I thought that did a pretty good uh, job overall. Uh, I think both versions of this will get you uh, a, 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 as a better typer. Now here's what they won't get you. Uh, they won't, they're, this is not a game. This is not really, I mean, it is edutainment, but I mean, don't ever buy this to play racing because that, that, like boats, that's a non-starter. Uh, this is strictly a utility and nothing more. It also mentions, and this is this is Ballyhooed on the box, a resume writer program included. I want to talk about this before we go back and talk about version one. Did you look at the resume writer? No. It's crap. Okay. <laughs> Listen, they ha- they ham and egg this to the to the nines. I loaded it up. It's a menu based. And it has you type in your name, address, phone number, and then it'll you'll pull down a thing. It'll say like enter your job history. I was like, okay, let's see what that looks like. It's just a, a bunch of blanks where you just fill it in. It doesn't help mm-hmm. you in any way. And at the end, it'll sort of position everything in the right spot to print it. It's crap. It doesn't give yeah. you any help at all. So clearly, a bullet point for the box. Only. That's right. It, if if the if the arcade like quality of that racing game is an indication, that's the same kind of quality you get from the resume maker. Now, now, go ahead. I'll go ahead, Aaron. 
Oh, I was going to say before before we we move on to the next thing, I'm eager to hear your thoughts about Mavis Beacon teaches typing one on the Amiga. Let me tell you something. I downloaded these, and I thought I had I thought I had gotten two because the one I got was mislabeled. It said version mm. two, but it wasn't. And I watched your video, and I was like, "What is Boat playing here? This this looks old, totally different from what I was playing." And it was you were playing two. And it turns out I had been playing one. Well, one looks so much better than two. Yes. It's a, it's a I'm much so better. I'm so glad you said that because I thought the same thing. Two is, I mean, I can't say, I can't say if it's a step backwards in terms of the tutoring. Okay. But in almost every other aspect of the, of the program, it's a huge step backwards. Mm-hmm. Like every bit of it, it's clunkier. It's ug- so much uglier. Mm-hmm. than the first version. It's so much un- less Amiga than the first version. And what they did was, and I, I did a little comparison video here. I'm going to scoop over to. What they did was, for the second one, is they did like fairly, pretty much a straight-up port of the, of, the, of the PC version of the time. And the mm-hmm. PC version is crap. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so the the original Amiga version it looks like it was actually made for the Amiga like like with your Amiga in mind as opposed to just a PC Windows version they showed on here the first one is much 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 better uh, in my opinion even I even like the uh, driving thing better because the first one doesn't have the bugs <laughs> which which right. I hated <laughs> all right so here are the Discord reviews for this week. So every week we invite our Discord community to uh, share reviews from uh, the game. The first one comes to us from Graham W. Vebke. He says, what do you mean Mavis Beacon doesn't exist and isn't a teacher? Next you'll tell me Betty Crocker isn't a baker. I've spent many hours improving my typing skills with Mavis. I learned all about the home row and improved my speed and accuracy. I've used this application on numerous systems, including the Apple II and MS-DOS. Revisiting this again now on the Amiga brings back a lot of memories. The one thing for me that sets it apart from the other typing tutors is that you can set a goal and the number of game elements to make it more fun or serious. This makes it approachable to children and more serious for someone really wanting to improve their typing. To think that over 35 years later, the series is still available through Boaterbund on the PC. This is a tribute to its original designers and the formula they derived. More modern versions of Mavis speaking, including competitive network games and the ability to import your own words and choose the type of music to play while you type. If anybody wants to get better at typing on the Amiga, this is the application to get 9 out of 10. Graham loves it. I think he's dead on, by the way. I agree with Graham. Yeah. Our next review comes from Neil, our boy of RMC. Yeah, chiming in. He says, this isn't a review as such because I've not turned Mavis on in 25 years. Boom. But I have fond memories of bugs splatting on my windscreen as I tried to type out the letters as fast as possible. I went through an odd phase of first trying to play the bug splat game without looking at the keyboard on Mavis, then doing it with the lights off. Boom. So I couldn't see the keys what? if I wanted to. And what? then I moved on from Mavis oh, to typing in a word processor with my eyes closed to see if I could type out what I wanted to accurately. <laughs> I was a strange child. No kidding. I did a lot of typing with my eyes closed. It seemed to work, though. What the hell was that? That's that's not a review. That's an indictment what that is. What's going on over there, Neil? Chris Folds writes, I feel that Mavis Beacon teaches typing as part of the foundations that I built my entire adult career and life upon. As a kid, I was getting into computer programming, and I was frustrated by the speed I could type as it was slowing me down. Mavis taught me to type, and the rest is history. Sure, it's dated, but it represents an important part in history in my life, and the fact they were still making more mod- or they're still making modern versions shows how good it was. 8.5 out of 10. And then Neil posts a picture of Mavis Beacon teaches bar brawling. What? That is, <laughs> I guess, what Mavis moved on to after that. So uh, that was what Neil moved on to after his typing. I never exploits. knew Neil was so passionate about Mavis Beacon. I got. That's, I'm looking for that to show up on, on in the cave here soon. I, I hope so. I hope so. All right. Let's wrap it up here with uh, with uh, Mavis Beacon Teaches Typing. And let's roll on to uh, to some of our community updates, Aaron. Uh, we've still got the High Score Challenge Omania going on over on the Discord server. The battle for the Parasol Stars 
of the 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 high the, the the brightest shining star in the Paris All Stars universe is hot and heavy. There are people playing this game to a level that I have never heard of before. It's insane how good people are at these games, Aaron. Uh, so that that battle is currently ongoing, uh, scores in the millions. And then the Specky High Score Challenge also continues to roll on with uh, Daily Thompson's Decathlon. So if you're a member of our Discord community, why not jump in and post your high score on either of those two games? We'd love to have you as part of that. Each week they get, or each time we do this, each game gets a little bit more entries. Before you know it, uh, we're going to be right up there with Twin Galaxies as the authority for high scores, Aaron. Just as crooked, too. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Probably we should thank, let's start off by thanking our Twitch subscribers because they are with us right now. A lot of them are, um, of course you can subscribe to the show on Twitch It helps support the show. You get access to our discord channel. Uh, if you are an Amazon prime subscriber, you can sub to our channel for free and it helps us out financially. So that that's a really cool thing to do. If you'd like to do that, We'd like to thank Christian Russell for being part of this, Blue Train, Z9K9, Eeyore4077, Uber Scuber Diver, Bark Bit, Still Adolescing, Pints and Amiga, Macintosh Librarian, Lord Soup, Smagregder1, <laughs> Lamasta, Negsol, Wing Chun Wolf, Retro Jerry, Paul Kitching, Blah Blah Blah5372, Paco Takate, Jost 80, L. Curtis B, Gary Heather, Great Algae, Diamonds Master, Jigglebox, Captain Chaos DK, Rule of Thirds, Mitsuyama, Frodo NL, Da, Crabs, MTG, and Piplo for uh, subscribing to us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Twitch subscribers. Well done. Now, Aaron, as far as last week's Patreon song challenge. This was a little bit outside the wheelhouse, I think, of, a, of, a, of quite a few Amigos listeners. Not, all, not everybody goes back to the 70s R&B, the hits, Nobody the real has. music. However, there were two winning entries. I want to thank uh, both Pac Billy and Figgy CTZ. The Fig, he never misses. And, of course, Pac Billy, he's a savant. So no matter what I sing, he always gets it. And uh, the name of the song... Well, I'll just read you Pac Billy's response. He wrote me an email. He said, it's easy by the Commodores. The name of the song is easy written and sung by my fellow Alabamian Lionel Richie also covered by faith. No more sung by Californian Mike Patton, man. I think your interpretation of Lionel's vocal gymnastics on this one is a thing of beauty. My friend, a thing of beauty. If you ever do a Patreon song best of, this one should top the list. You even do all the horn licks. Now, you know, I love Bam. that song. You know, you talk about that's why I'm easy. Is that the one? That's right. You butchered that. No. Lionel Richie should come here and beat you down for Listen, that. That was a me horrible and Lionel, interpretation. Me and Lionel, we got a thing going on. No, you don't. You've yes, got nothing going on with him. He's a smooth singing writer. You're a hack. You're a hack. <laughs> that, you hacked at the bits. I can't believe that's the song because I know that song. Go on. Horrible. So this week, if you know this week's Patreon song, you can send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as a winner on next week's episode. <clears throat> oh, God. Is this the prep? Is this the preparation time? Mm hmm. God, I'm dreading this one. I don't. I have limited hand movement, and that's going to bother me. What does that mean? Is it the shirt? Oh, it's a, it's the shirt and the cord. All right, I got it now. Daniel Crabtree, Super Fam King, Crazy Loomis, William Vertner, Scar, Heavy Systems, Bundy Frag, Lord Mark Bylin, Olaf Hope Permski. Jonah, a.k.a. Simulant, Ethan Little, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Cowbird Boy, Landon, Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Bass, 
Frodo and El Sol and Sizer, Tech Major, and Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorglub, Commodore Kid, Reflection, Simon, Ledge Cabin, Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong. Andy Jones, Lobster Manada, 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyleto, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Lara, Moore, Andy Craig, Sean Zoe, Barkbid, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf Kellon, Alan Kabachikote, Level John, Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CDZ, The Slow Norris, Stefan Sorgord, Mortensen, Advent Heaven, Yes. Linda Sulabi, Abbott, Chris Falls, Rico, Lauren Jeru, Graham, Bebke, Lambazi, O'Brien's Fred Vintage, Gary Hacker, Paul Harrington Styles, Tate from the Crypt, Josh, Nat, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Humberstad, Daniel Bingston, Bruno Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warren's Pixels at Dawn, and Kiel Bjorn Bar. Man, man. The one time the internet doesn't go completely down. Listen, I brought the internet back. I just rolled fiber with my voice. You did. Let me tell you something. That was just the dirt worst, dude. I, I thought last week. I have no idea what that was. That clapping was just thrown in for effect, surely. That couldn't have had anything to do <laughs> that with the clapping. That's the hand movement. The hand movement helps. I noticed helps you move you. your hands over your head like Kermit the Frog when he gets excited. <laughs> I think you lit- your song literally brought down the internet. Congratulations. Maybe that's what's All wrong right. with your internet. It knows what's coming. It tries to quit early. It's like, no, we're not doing that again. That could be true. That could be true. Well, I'll tell you, we can't get out of here, Aaron, without thanking the fine folks that have joined us in the Twitch chat live and in person. We always appreciate people, especially the folks in Europe that really stay up late to uh, be with us as we tape the show live Fridays (laughs) at 5 o'clock Eastern. Our users here in the chat, we have Amiga Cami, Amiga Live, BarkBit, BitStorm, Booney64, Brock101, Christian Russell, Cobrian, Commander Root, Cowbird Boy, Diamonds Maz, Sevener, Edvin Helland, Eeyore 4077, Frodo NL, Hermsky, L. Curtis B., Mitsuyama, Olav Hope, Powernerk, Paul Kitching, Picard 2010, R Typer, Rob, Flack, O'Hara, Super Cruiser 5000, Super Famic King, Super Tech Boy, Tom Toms, Thicker, Thagodasa, Treyguard82, Vigoro Pros, and Z9K9. Thank you guys so much for joining us in the chat this good crowd. Evening. Yeah, good crowd today. All right. So, Aaron, next week on Amigos, uh-huh. we are going to be playing Cosmic Pirate, picked by Zorglub. I've never heard of that one. Have you? The, no, it's a, it's a shooter, apparently. A oh, shooter. Okay. And uh, we want to thank... Uh, Graham W. Vebke for our very first entry in the edutainment tech yeah. category. Thanks I for choosing. I actually enjoyed that. That was actually yeah. kind of fun. I, it's I did, fun. It's I fun did to talk about, that. too. All right, guys. We will see you next week for another episode of Migos. Until then, adios. adios.